What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Modern Day Marketer. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I lead marketing at The Juice. Excited for this conversation that we have today. Before we get into it, we are hosting an event June 8th, how to use AI without losing your brand voice. I've been sitting on the sidelines, haven't been actively engaged in the AI conversation. One of the reasons why is I have a big question and that's how do we leverage AI in our content workflows, but also keep that brand voice that we have built. And I have three experts who are jumping on stage with me to talk about it. I have Ahiba from Copy AI, Elizabeth from Market Muse, and Felicia Adaprimo. This conversation is going to be fun. Link in the show notes. Today's conversation is with Abalash. He is with Neo ITO, and we are going to unpack how to get in the headspace of a founder it is really difficult. He talks a lot about reverse engineering the process and getting that conversation and building the relationship. If you like what we're doing over here, follow, subscribe, hit all the buttons. Most importantly, tell a marketing friend about Modern Day Marketer. Without further ado, let's kick into the conversation. What's going on, everyone? Excited for today's conversation. We are going to be talking about how to get in the headspace of the founder. It is something that I have been thinking a lot about recently. And typically when I am thinking about a problem, I go to someone who is actively working on it to learn from them. And in this case, we're bringing it all to you. So I'm joined by Abalash, who's the product leader and vice president of strategy and growth at Neo ITO. Abalash, I know it's late for you. Welcome. Thanks for being here. How are you? Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Brett. Good morning. I'm I'm doing awesome. How about you? I, I cannot complain. We are talking about getting attention and getting attention of the decision maker uh, in many cases. So this is going to be excited. I've, I know it's almost lunchtime for me, but I, I've still got my coffee going and I've got a lot of energy for this conversation. Maybe we kick it off for anyone who is unfamiliar, and I think this will help set the stage. Maybe talk a little bit about Neo ITO, who you guys are and what you do. Sure. So... Uh, Neo ITO. So we're a product uh, development firm which is tailor made for founders. We've been um, like in the development space for around eight, eight to yeah, almost nine, ten years now. And I think it is probably one of the most difficult areas to like market because there are like thousands of companies. Yeah, you were you were describing kind of just in your general vicinity how there was you know, hundreds and maybe yeah. even thousands of companies who do similar yeah. stuff than you. Yes, I'm curious, yes, yes. like, what what are ways that you think about differentiating yourself from the competition in a crowded market? Yeah, that's an excellent question. So, so first things first, you've uh, got to get the basics right. Like whenever you are starting a business in a crowded market, quality has to be top-notch, customer service has to be top-notch. So there is no question about that. Like that is a given, right? What other things? So I think what other things work? So that is the big question. So I think identifying a, a niche market is one of the big things, I would say. For example, I've seen like different, different companies, like thousands of companies, company websites that promote everything, like absolutely everything in the, like even if it's web development, there are like hundreds of technologies, industries. So they sell, they market everything, right? So it was a big, big call. Like for example, to it, it is usually a big call when you decide to go narrow. 
it it sounds scary actually at first like it sounds like okay you have this huge potential customer base and now you are going to go to this few maybe 100 to 1000 people so how does that work so sometimes people can't wrap their head around that so finding a niche for you is the number one thing i think we you have to do to differentiate yourself so that is how even though we started off as the like a web development mobile app development firm through the years we've tailored our services our offerings all towards the founder and this is actually when we started to one stand out we started to scale we started to get better customers like it was unbelievable it was an un- unbelievable transition so with this niche only comes branding if you need to do branding if you ask me you need to have a particular set of audience right like you can't speak to everyone you have to speak to some people you have to speak to a particular audience so that's i think one of the only ways that branding works like unless it's like coca cola right like it's a b2c thing and only if you have this niche market niche uh, market that you can personalize your offering like if you have a multitude of customers you won't be able to personalize that experience you won't be able to personalize your offers so i believe these three things are the most important Uh, if you want to stand out from the standout in a crowded market. I absolutely uh, love what you touched on here. And I think just as marketers, for so long, it's been like, how do we cast the widest net possible and hope a couple people come in and become customers? But then I think you alluded to this. What typically happens in that instance is that they realize they're not a great fit for whatever you're selling and then they end up churn. So then you all of a sudden are, you know, you know, playing from behind because you've got a churn problem and you're continuing to waste money on different ta- tactics that are casting a wide net that aren't really efficient. So, it's kind of, so what it what I hear here it's kind of scary to change that perspective, but it's almost like the quality versus quantity dynamic. The more you focus in on quality, the better your message gets, the better brand you build and the more of a magnet that you become to service the right people and in your instance it's been the founder can you maybe like just to touch on that one level deeper when you all made that change and saw began to see that growth how quickly did that growth come for you all i would say within one year i think uh, like i remember very vividly like it was 2017 where we completely revamped our vision our website and we started even uh, like tuning our outreach towards uh, like our niche like towards founders it it just took a matter of a few weeks after we kick, kick started kick started this we started seeing people coming to the website or responding like even responding to our emails um <laughs> so that change i think you can start seeing it in in very fast like in a few weeks but the scaling part i think it took uh, it's actually a very fascinating story like we have this shift like every 2 years we move to a new building so that has been Uh, our growth so i think uh, two years was a good time for us that we were able to outnumber our office and like uh, move to a new place so i'd say two years to like reap the whole benefits of this i love that and i love the signals you call out sometimes it's as simple as no getting email responses because for so long it's just silence but once you start getting some responses that probably means the message that you're putting out there right. is not only relevant but resonating with the people you want it to definitely um it's, it's so been a big change like i i actually came from a much larger company 
And at that time, it was mostly buy a list, send emails to thousands of people. So that was the that was the process. Just buy a list and send emails to thousand people. Hope that one or two replies. So that was the process. But when you start tuning, like tuning into your audience. I think you you can even get a response like a meeting rate of 20 to 30% which which I think is really great. Yeah, absolutely. And I want to talk about maybe like okay, so the persona that you all are servicing and what we're talking about today, the founder, I know that our founder and CEO at the Juice, you know, wears many hats, you know, there's the fundraising, there's the supporting everyone's initiatives inside the business, there's growth, there's managing stakeholders. There's a lot going on. So it's really challenging to get their attention. And so I'm curious, what are the biggest challenges that you found with getting the attention of founders? And then maybe we can talk a little bit about hope once we get their attention, how we hold it. But like, what are some of those challenges? Sure, sure. And uh, just a quick detail, since you mentioned Juice, Brent, did you know I've been a subscriber of Juice for more than a year now? <laughs> that's a, that I that I I was unfamiliar, but that's that's great to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's it's actually a, a very a very privilege that you invited me. I should have that. I should have told you that sooner. <laughs> that's awesome. We we're, we're we're glad to have you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Thanks. And now back to the question. So yeah, I think you're right. So a lot of founders and execs have what is called shiny object syndrome, like. It's basically just means it is this ongoing belief that they have. I think to some extent I have that as well. It is to, you have to keep pursuing something new. Like uh, there's this new shiny object. Maybe we, we should go after that. Like, for example, the best example, I think in 2023 is GPT has launched. Oh my God, we have to use GPT for something, <laughs> right? You've, uh, you've got to uh, like go behind that shiny object. So it's always a challenge to capture the founder's attention. Um, like even if you check product hunt, there's like hundreds of new apps launching every day. So there is no way you can keep up with any of that. Only the top few are gonna stay on top of your on top of mind, right? So I think uh, what has worked for us very well is uh, is the uh, community. So we um, have our own. Uh, like founder community called uh, Kicksass Founders. That's actually a, a word play on, uh, like we work with mostly SaaS startups, right? Um, software as a service startups. So uh, that's how actually we came up with the name Kicksass Founders. Yeah, so I think the great thing about community is you get a lot of people with the same problems, with similar questions uh, together. And it's we, we can also... Uh, bring a lot of the experienced, like accomplished founders in as well. So community, for community to work, um, it should never be like a marketing or a sales tactic, if you ask me. Mm. We have to carefully place this, like place the right people in the community, like at least at the beginning, who have the same set of values. Maybe we need to pair maybe founders with people who have already gone through that journey as well so that people get that value. Like you really have to curate that audience maybe for the first 100 to 200 people. And we typically have uh, events, uh, like one or two events every month. So we try to have, uh, we we ask questions like before before each event to all these founders that we are inviting. 
about what the most teething problem they have is the like what's the most teething problem you want to discuss in the event and uh, through like a poll we capture like the top 5 to 10 questions that these founders ask and we discuss these topics hold them like try to think to give give solutions like the founders give solutions to each other and we try to hold them accountable um so that in the next month they can regroup and like maybe talk about how progress is and what they've done uh i think these kind of things it always like when you have when you try to hold people accountable um that's when i think people will come back to it i think there there's uh so much good information shared there and i just love the building in a bridge and building connections between people that have been there and done that and then maybe other founders who are uh there for the first time and i think that gets into maybe the next part where when we had our pre-call we talked a little bit about magnets and ways to engage your audience without directly directly selling core services and so mm-hmm. um in this instance maybe the community is a play that you run in order to get yeah. people involved in part of the conversation and those people know mm-hmm. your brand and likely will then use your services when they need to but i'd love for you to maybe expand on this idea of like magnets mm-hmm. what are the how are you thinking about magnets when you're trying to build connections with founders so we have actually tried different things like starting 2017 so like when we started this pivot uh, to helping founders i think one of the first things we did was we spun off a sub brand uh, called mvp expert the plan was to like typically in the services like software service industry you get like this whole like discovery requirement phase then through the designs like that that's this whole process but what we proposed was let's have small packages like a few thousand dollars packages where we can sit with the founder work with them maybe get some uh, like small prototypes live in a week or in two weeks like we used to have this one week mvp concept where we do a quick prototype in a week so that the founder can show this to his customers and such so this is actually what kick started the this is also yeah the kickstart of the founder journey this was like moderately successful it makes sense because this is not a core service that we do but it is mostly uh helping founders take that first step like these are not like an ideal customer but still if we are helping helping founders like take that first step and maybe they can even like refer us to someone like so that was just the thinking back then so we've come up with different services like that for example there's the product blueprint the community and like more recently there is another exciting exciting thing that founders founders are talking about lately so we've started something called as a neo neo terra so neo terra is it is kind of like acts, acts kind of like a venture capital system where we are trying to raise a little funds on the side but essentially the offering is we give you our services like at highly discounted prices in exchange for like a certain percentage of equity so this is also like this is just started i think one one month or one to two months ago but we are able to generate a lot of interest like i wish i could show you like we've got a 60% meeting like 60% meeting ratio for this outreach campaign that's insane uh, yeah that, that's insane like uh, it is like funding is definitely something a lot of founders have in mind 
and we are offering this funding in two ways like one in kind definitely and one as services as well so this is also a different magnet so where they're not directly selling our dev services we are actually offering advice advisory like it's not a typical vc firm okay it's like we offer them advice we set the direction like we have like the top vcs in the world uh, like in our setup as well so it's it's really interesting and i think about the community again i would say like getting everyone in this ecosystem like get them familiar with our brand like with whatever new services we are giving like give them offers right so i think uh, this has been pretty successful for us and i'm actually very excited about neoterra as well very excited about that yeah so what i've in hearing you talk a couple things that i picked mm-hmm. up on is like one meet the founder where they're at and then build mm-hmm. your strategy to get a hold of them based on that. So with the fundraising mm-hmm. that like stood out. And the other thing that kind of shot to the top of my head was the fact that like you have to just be cool with running experiments. It sounds like you all are just yeah. constantly yeah. running experience experiments and identifying, all right, this is working. Let's double down on this. This is not, let's get rid of this. So like, do you feel like that experimentation is like a critical part in just the overall go-to-market strategy that you're all running? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Like, I've uh, like have to give kudos to my founder as well. Like, he has this very uh, like experimentation first mindset, which I think is one of the main reasons. Like, we've been able to try different things. I love it. I want to know about these conversations that you're all having because we all know that it's such a challenge to get a hold of anybody these days whatever the channel is you're trying to get a hold of them but i think back to when we chatted on the pre-call you showed me kind of the chart of like this is how you're thinking about getting attention Mm -hmm. of the founder so maybe like talk through the process to reverse engineer kind of that conversation with the founder, like what are the ways that you're thinking about a structure and putting that in place to increase your odds that on the other side, a founder says, yep, I want to talk to you about your services. Perfect. So, so I think um, <clears throat> whenever you are working with founders or you intend to work with founders, the first thing you knew you need to do is you have to take your sales cap off put it in the trash and set it on fire, right? Like there is no role for that sales cap here. You have to be empathetic. So founders are like very passionate, driven people with a lot on their mind. And like sometimes they hardly have any time for themselves. And that's when a random stranger is coming and pitching them their services, right? So I think the process starts with empathy. So the pre-work that I usually do before I like focus on an audience, like for example, if I am uh, if I am trying to uh, work with startups that uh, like founders that are in the like hospitality industry, the first step I do is find out who are the influencers in that industry. I follow those people on LinkedIn, so that is the first step, and the next step. You like when you follow the content, you get a gist of what the founders are reading about, one thing. But the hidden nugget in all those, like I I know a lot of people that scroll through LinkedIn, read the content, but the biggest like nugget, like the gold nugget 
on linkedin is actually the comment section because in the comment section you can hear you can see what exactly the founders are asking the influencer right so the comment section is like an array of questions or topics or discussions that people have in their mind and when you follow a creator who is an influencer who your founders will follow all the comments are going to be your target audience right so this is and you have to make a note of those questions as well because this is what is happening on the founder's mind like no assumptions like no guesses it is purely like the hard truth so i uh, like make it a point to note all this down and i typically uh, open up a mind map like mindmeister like or sometimes i use figjam as well like mindmeister is easier but figjam is more fun to use actually like with the stickers and all like thinking is not like a linear process like you get random thoughts all the time like you never know when you are going to get that like golden eureka moment right so make it a habit to write any of these eureka moments down so that is also something that you have to do like as a pre work before you do all this so that you can add that to the mind map later so yeah so i just take all these questions all these thoughts oh and uh, one one additional awesome thing about the community i want to add here is because we engage with the founders pre event like for the events that we do we get again we get a lot of the questions that are in the founders mind from the community as well so this is the mind map that i'm drawing like what what all things are the founders that i am looking for asking and i try to like create topics subtopics it's going to be like a whole mind map and on the other end of the spectrum i start writing what our services are what we are offering are i try to uh, one tailor these services towards what the founders are wanting uh, or the challenges they are facing and yeah and basically that's how i kind of map the service offerings to the like founder headspace so that is the process yes you usually follow and i'm actually working on a like since you got interested the first time we talked about this i'm actually creating a one page canvas as well for this uh, process that i'm using i think that would be helpful for a lot of people yes yeah let's when that gets complete let's share that out uh happy to help in doing that i think my biggest thing i picked up from listening to you communicate there about your process was just the importance of pre-work and especially if you're trying to get the attention of probably the most busy individual and persona there is to sell into it's likely there's going to have to be a lot of pre-work that's done in order to be successful so i love the uh, context and information that you shared on that i'm curious uh just in in the outreach in or any of the process what role or how do you use marketing in content so i think like i mentioned like community plays a big part in marketing because community and uh, these linkedin comments i think community plus linkedin form uh, linkedin comments uh, like probably comprise about 50% of our strategy because uh, whatever questions or whatever challenges they are facing the founders are facing we have all that data so all we have to do is create content for that um like we don't uh, like seo definitely like seo and those stuff are all there but uh, when you have these questions that founders keep on asking like event after event or linkedin post after linkedin post 
that is definitely something you can uh, like bank on like that content is definitely going to sell right which is which also like ties really uh, tight into our like str strategy as well like we know who is commenting on these so like if we can bring a good solution to whatever he he was asking for then i think uh, like that is a good reason to outreach to him rather than like pitch something to him totally and i i know maybe round in the corner of this conversation you shared a lot of really good tips and advice and information but there's a lot of us just listening and in the startup community that are trying to get the attention of the ceos and founders and hopefully by the end of this conversation there's some new advice on how to do that i guess like what in closing like what would be your your biggest piece of advice or the most important thing that you think about when you know getting a hold of the founder anything you want to close with that you think is the most important so like i i would be glad if like someone liked what i was what i've been talking about so i think the biggest advice would be that you need to build uh, empathy so i think that that is the biggest thing like empathy uh, like a lot of people think that it is something that you are born with or something but it it is not like it is just a trait that you can acquire over time like reading stories of different founders like of course uh, like going through that process helps a lot but i think uh, it is a skill that you can acquire uh, and i think it is a definite skill that you have to acquire if you are selling to founders like empathy is why i am doing all of this <laughs> i know what you're going through right yeah this has been fun i absolutely love this conversation this is a really great perspective we'll have to do it again i know you're working on some deliverables so maybe we could have a version two of this conversation in the future abalash ton of fun thanks so much for coming on thank you so much brad talk to you soon love the mentality love the process i learned a ton we are always actively trying to reach out and get in the headspace of the co-founder of the ceo and i think abalash gave a lot of really nice tips around how we should be thinking about doing that we'll be back with more modern day market on the other side until then be well